Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. My name is Carolyn Fernandez, and I'm the COO of Glen Eagle. We're very excited for our guest today, Dr. Regina Harborn, a pediatric physical therapist and associate professor at Duquesne University. Regina has had over 40 years of clinical experience in pediatrics, and she leads the Duquesne Start Play Hackers, a nonprofit club focused on solving problems for individuals with disabilities. Welcome, Regina. Nice to be here. It's my pleasure. Maybe we can start out by just having you share a little bit of your background with our listeners. I became a physical therapist thinking that I wanted to work with children because I liked working with children, going through school just as every other your mind for a while. And then but eventually I got to my original plan, which was to work with children. So I've had a lot of different jobs working with children of different ages with disabilities in lots of different locations, and I've enjoyed all of it. Very cool. And have you always been in the education world? Like, I know you're at Duquesne right now. Right. I No, I have not. So opportunities come along, and you take them, even though they're new and different and maybe a little bit scary. So my first job, of course, was as a clinician, and then you work for a year or two, and then someone says, well, could you take a student? So I take a student in a clinical sense, and then eventually someone says, maybe you'd like to give a lecture at this university. And so stepping stones, you get into it in an incremental way until at some point you, you say, oh, maybe I would like to go back to school and get a few more credentials, and then you get more deeply into it. So I didn't really become a faculty member until I had already Well, I got my master's degree and had already worked about 15 years, and then I had a family, and I always thought when my children got to be teenagers, by that time I would have taught them how to take care of themselves (laughs) pretty much, and then I went back to school and got my doctorate, and and now I'm completely full-time faculty. I know you mentioned that you liked working with, with children, but what inspired you to be focused on pediatrics and the research specifically? Well, I, I enjoy working with children. It gives me great pleasure. They are usually happy. Sometimes people <laughs> look at me when I say I work with children with disabilities and they say, oh, that's so sad. And I say, no, it's not sad because they don't know that they're different or if they do know it, it's been with them most of their life, and so they are all of their life, and so they're just who they are. It's not like an adult who was completely, fully functional and had a stroke or some kind of an accident right. and now can't do things that they used to do. These are children who develop the way they are, and they are happy. So I found a lot of joy in that, and I think that's important to to enjoy what you do. The reason I got into research was because as any student going through school will tell you they want the answers. They want to know exactly what to do when they see a problem. And the truth is there aren't exact answers to almost everything. So there are multiple answers and you have to pick the best one for each individual. So at some point I had so many questions that I decided to go back to school and then that led to taking another course and taking another course and then (laughs) deciding that nobody has the answers. So I have to start doing my own research to collect data and find some answers to give better intervention to children. 
that sounds very rewarding and it sounds like you're always learning which is nice we're all always learning but sometimes people direct their learning in different ways and so i feel like that just decided to get an education in different areas that i wasn't getting in my like my usual job you lead the decane start play hackers can you give us tell us exactly what that is and why you started right well, I started it for completely selfish reasons, I have to admit, because I was trying to recruit for one of my research studies, recruit children and families, and I wasn't being very successful with just normal advertising. So I decided to bribe people, basically. <laughs> I decided to start this club with a couple of students where we would take toys that you can buy anywhere, Target or whatever store that have some kind of electric component and convert them so that they were easier to activate. And this is because many of the children with disabilities that we work with can't, they don't have the hand control to operate little tiny switches or the smaller things. So we decided to adapt some toys and then give them away, like a toy giveaway to therapists and families. And then that would connect us in in a nicer way also, that when you adapt a toy that's available at some place like Target, it's very inexpensive. But when you look for an adaptive toy in a catalog, like from companies that have adapted, they're crazy expensive. So something that you could get for about $200 if you were purchasing it from like a medical company, you can probably make something like that for just a few dollars for less than $10. So wow. we were recognizing a need, but solving it cheaply but to benefit me and my readers so that those people were like oh okay they have to trust you to volunteer for a research study and so it just opened some doors for well it sounds like it benefited everyone (laughs) so never a bad reason if that's in the end the result and i I, it sounds has it grown a lot it sounds like a great idea it won't stop growing i have tried to stop it for a couple of years now because my original need went away for because now I'm more connected to the community, so it isn't so hard to recruit, and it's right. a bit of extra work for me because of my other responsibilities at the university. Like, no one at the university says, go start a club. That's not right. usually part of the job description, but it won't go away because students like it, and people in the community like it, and it has expanded so that we now six toys that are from some of the local providers for therapy. So like the Easter Seals that provides therapy or the Western Pennsylvania School for the Blind, they provide therapy. And they have some of these very expensive toys that also break really easily. So they'll get a brand new $200 toy. They'll give it to a child. They will pretty soon just throw it on the floor or it drops on the floor. It breaks. It won't work anymore. And then they don't know how to fix it. So then they they contacted us and said, do you think you can fix these toys? And we said, well, we will either break it worse or we will fix it. <laughs> and they said, it doesn't matter because it's already broke and we can't use it. Part of the thing about the club is we don't know how to do everything. So we have to solve problems as we go, which is great learning for the students. Right. But we we break a lot of things also, which we just know that that's what we do. So we don't get upset when we can't fix something. It's like, okay, put it on the shelf and maybe we can scavenge some of the parts of it, like some wires or whatever for another toy. 
Well, what, it sounds like a great club and definitely doing doing good work. If, if you can't even shut it down when you're trying to, so that's amazing. I guess everything you've shared has just been really interesting and so helpful. But we always ask all our guests one question at the end, and so I'll ask you two, which is, what advice would you give to maybe someone who's listening to this podcast who might be interested in a career in pediatrics or research? I would say that you can always grow in a field like that. You can go in lots of different directions as far as the types of children that you see. Research is so exciting because you're, you're finding out new information that nobody has ever, you're creating new knowledge. So really explore and don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid that you might do something wrong because that's how you learn. You really have to make mistakes. I mean, we make mistakes all the time in the hacker club and I just tell the students, don't worry about it. I mean, we've, we've almost started a fire because we didn't understand the wiring of a toy. We've broken toys, but the beautiful thing about it, even more than giving toys away, is watching the students solve problems in new ways, like ways that I didn't even think of, and watching them talk to each other. Like we have different types of students in the club. We have students who might be physical therapy students, so they might be occupational therapy students, or they might be biomedical engineering, or we even have language students, like a French major or psychology major and they provide something to each other as they discuss how to solve the problem and they really enjoy that they really get this light in their eye about we did it we fixed it we've made it so it's really fun just have fun with it you should always be having fun and always working with nice people as you're trying to discover your way through life yeah, it sounds like they're making great connections, especially those students who may not ever interact now are getting to know each other better, which is, is nice, too. Thank you so much for being on the interview and sharing all this amazing information. It sounds like you're doing great things and, and really making a difference in a lot of people's lives. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.